Welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. And here is my friend Michelle Woods to tell us what are we going to talk about in today's episode. Shannon, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat with these topics. We've got... (laughs) I hope the chair doesn't slip out from under you, babe. No, it probably would. If y'all hear a loud commotion, I'm just on the floor. No biggie. I've got plenty of cushion back there. I'll be fine. Uh, Two types of Madonnas. Ah. The art of foreplay. You have to say it like that, too. (laughs) With a breathy voice. Yes. And then topless women in deserts. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I know exactly where Not you desserts, that from. Not desserts, but deserts. <laughs> Some people might consider that a dessert. A, a dessert. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? I, I love this? how you pull these little hooks out of the conversation <laughs> to create this alluring conversation to get people warmed up. It's just my voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the title to this particular podcast uh, was definitely inspired by a conversation that I had with Dr. Doug Weiss, who I introduced on the last episode, which by the way, if you are just now tuning in and you haven't listened to the previous episode that we just did with Dr. Doug Weiss about intimacy anorexia, I urge you to start there. This is a continuation basically of that conversation. But uh, when Doug told me that he had also uh, been exposed to the concept that American women often make the worst lovers, I Mm. obviously perked up and and knew that you were foreign immediately. (laughs) I must have been born in another country (laughs) (laughs) or had foreign parents or something. Yes. Um, yeah. No, immediately that song came in my head. I know you know the song, American Woman, Stay Away <laughs> from, from Me. Yeah, I think it's funny. Lenny, right? <laughs> I knew that you were going to say that. Well, because that's who my generation, clearly we're different generations. Oh, he goes uh, by his first name only. He's that Lenny, famous. No, he's not that famous. But that's who I think of when I think of that song. <laughs> what do you Kravitz? think of? Yeah. Okay, well, Lenny Kravitz did the remake of the song. But these the original song, back before you were born, probably. Probably. Was, was a band called The Guess Who. Oh, nope. Don't know them. I just know Lenny. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, yeah, I am really excited about this conversation about American women uh, and what it's going to do to a lot of people's paradigm. I think that a lot of women assume that they're good lovers, right. but they haven't considered, is there room for improvement? Can I become mm-hmm. a great lover? Right. That's what I hope today's show inspires right there. And it's not just for women. I also want to challenge men. Let this conversation apply to you too. How can you go from a good lover to a great lover as a result of today's show? So here we go. Let's welcome Dr. Doug Weiss. After this commercial break. Imagine four days on a beach in paradise with three experts in sexual connection, helping the two of you become one sexually confident couple. Yeah, it is possible. Join Shannon Etheridge and friends at Nyer Resort and Spa in Placencia, Belize for the Sexually Confident Couple Workshop coming up May 24th through 27th or May 27th through 30th, 2020. Register today at shannonetheridge.com by clicking on the workshops link. Space is incredibly limited, so don't miss this Sexually Confident Couple Workshop. 
It's truly going to be unbelievable. So thank you, Dr. Doug Weiss from the Heart to Heart Counseling Center in Colorado Springs for joining us again for another conversation around American women. And I feel like first we should probably give some disclaimers. Like Michelle, I know that you probably have your butt cheeks squeezed really, really tight right now <laughs> going, what are we going to talk about? I'm always scared. <laughs> With you. <laughs> you never know what's happening. No, Peter, you can't walk on the water. <laughs> Doug, you've, you've known Shannon long enough. You know, you just throw that seatbelt on and, and ride the train. So far, no one has ever been killed from my wild rides. I'm, There's a reason I'm, they put 12 cylinders in a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm sure that women are like, what? wait a minute, I'm American. What are you saying? I'm not, we are, we are not saying this across the board about all women we're just addressing an issue in our culture yeah right and if something applies to you or you feel a pang of familiarity you know what take it as kind of that scripture of the lord disciplines those he loves we're just calling your attention to something that maybe you could polish to perfection or get stronger in but we don't get stronger without a little bit of pain sometimes and Pain is okay, so don't freak out. Don't shoot the messengers. Mm-hmm. Don't send hateful emails to Doug or me. <laughs> just, just absorb what you can, and um, just try to be the most sexually confident wife that you can moving forward at, as a result of this conversation. But yeah, what is it about our culture, Doug? And maybe you're probably more world traveled than I am, or maybe you just work with a lot more uh, people from different cultures than I do. But help us understand where does this reputation come from. Well, I think it, you know, like Americans have earned some things. Okay, we are independent, not interdependent. You know, our, our model is we're going to, you know, we're, gonna, we're the marble man, we can do it ourselves. But in other cultures, being interdependent is really more modeled being a team. Okay. Uh, Americans are known for really having bad diets. We're just, we're just famous for that. Hamburgers and French fries is not a world-class diet. Okay. <laughs> Hot dogs are not exactly exceptional nutrition. And so I think along the ways we, if we can look at that and say, okay, America has some things that are kind of issue-ish and, and sexuality is one of them. You know, look at our history. We grew up in a puritanical culture where, you know, sex is really bad and dirty, but save it for the one you love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and I would say that culture and church up until the 60s was, was very dysfunctional, that uh, we, we maintain the rules of dysfunction, which is don't talk, don't trust, and don't feel around sexuality. You know, both the culture and the church did not talk about it. So everyone learned on their own by experimenting by mistakes. Okay. And then we go into the 60s, the revolution where sex without relationship was promoted, which gave us a different way of doing sexuality to disassociate, disconnected, like a handshake. It doesn't matter and it doesn't involve all of who you are. And we've gotten STDs and abortions and all kinds Huge of crazy results from that, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's this place where women are really giving kind of two messages, but not, not really the healthy message. One is don't, 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 don't. And then when you do, feel bad about if you do, okay. <laughs> right. Good girls don't. Good girls don't. And it is hard to flip that switch. And, and you, good you girls know, do. Right. And then there's the other thing that you're, you know, you're kind of the super slut, sexy, sensual. You're giving, you're, you're exchanging your, your sexuality and sensuality for attention or promotion. And both of those are extreme positions in which we find women are navigating to become sexually healthy. You know, what does it mean to be sexually healthy? That's why I think American women have this reputation of like not really being good 
lovers like the Italian woman or the Asian woman who uh, incorporates the whole range of uh, romance, sensuality, eroticism into the context of a marriage. Yeah, you know I, I think of I think of like the the geisha girls or uh, how Latin lovers have such a reputation for really taking their time. But yeah, what do Americans have a reputation for other than maybe wham bam? Thank you, ma'am. Right on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, so rushing through it because we're busy. We we do sex in an object relationship way. Now take the '60s where pornography became main, start to move mainstream. '70s, '80s where it was mainstream, and now it's like pro- prolific. So we've learned most men have learned sexuality through pornography. They've learned object relationships, not how to connect emotionally, spiritually engaging. There's no build up to a, to a, a piece of paper. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to care about them. You can disregard them. So there's the man side that's a problem too, because sometimes they're only offering disassociated sex to their wife and the wife's like, you know what? That's really not that fun, darling. So I'm not interested. And, and good for her for not settling for that kind of BS type of sex. Right. And so, so what happens is I think where American women get trapped is that they look at sex as an act and not part of who they are. Mm-hmm. And they don't look at the continuum. Cause I will have so many women say, well, you know, Dr. Weiss, I have sex you know, I give it to him once or twice a week. Like, like she's giving him like a chocolate cake or something. I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> she dispenses the exactly. physical act. So, so she's actually believing that sex is something you do. It's not something I am. But she probably feels like she's a vending machine. And she's probably treated like, well, I put my quarter in. I told you you're pretty. Why aren't you giving me a blowjob or whatever? Like that, that's often the, the, that, the bartering system that a marriage consists of. That's potentially true. And there are good men who really try to love their wives and all they get is half-baked sex. Mm. Okay. So you got to be honest on both sides of this coin. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, guys, it's not gender specific. No, it's not. There's guys who work hard, spiritually connected, emotionally mature, put the toilet seat down, love you, buy <laughs> you, a seat again. Give you a note and, 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 and you don't show up in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's both sides of this coin. There are guys who are, you know, maybe they have addictions or they're, or they're emotionally, sexually immature or stunted and they don't know how to engage sexuality and the woman feels empty because of that. That's valid. But this, we're talking about why are American women have the reputation for not really. And I think what it is, is you, you tell me, Shannon, you're a woman, you're very educated, you're, you're, you're prolific, you know, um, relatively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I have quite a bit of catching up to do. My 22 books compared to your 40 books. I'm 18 behind. <laughs> okay. But you're younger probably. So, so anyway. By far. But, where, <laughs> where, but, but my, my point is, you're, you know, you're a counselor, you're trained like I am. And where did you learn, actually learn information about how to be a sensual woman? See, that is the interesting part of the journey is you certainly don't learn that in church or in school or in our families of origin. I am very much self-taught in that regard. Right. And that's my point. Yeah. Culturally, we don't do it. Now, I I will say that, you know, I have a lot of Mormon clients. Those people, they tend to teach their women about sexuality. I don't know what it is in the water, but those people, I've never met a Mormon woman who had a real issue with sexuality because they're taught sexuality. They're taught sensuality. They're taught romance and they're even taught eroticism. And isn't that interesting that it's a it's often a polygamous society within the Mormon Church? Wow! I'm just saying they just they just have a they have an intentionality. There's okay. not a lot of places in our culture that have intentionality. Say, okay, you're Catholic, you're Jewish. Here's how we teach sensuality. 
you know, touch each other, give each other massages, jump each other, wake each other up, play with each other. And here's how you write notes. And here's how you right. speak into your spouse's heart. I and, love And when you. you're licking, you're, this you're is where you need enough. to lick. And yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, and so there's, there's not this, this place of education of, okay, here's the sensual part of it. Now here's the sexual part of it. And I've written a book called um, Upgrade, Your, Upgrade Your Sex Life. Powerful, because it really communicates how you're made differently sexually, the five sexual expressions and how to capitalize on what your spouse wants to hear. Fantastic material. But what happens is we're not taught that. So American women are disadvantaged from an educational standpoint. They're split culturally on the messaging they get. Okay. Either you, you're, you're someone who's good or you're bad. And so sensuality is really, and they're not taught that um, the romance, you know, buy him a gift, open the door for him. Right. I Pursue mean, him. God forbid. You, you yeah. Know, when, when women are home, taught to be so kiss, passive. Kiss him like he's 16. I mean, just make that guy think about sex. You know, <laughs> do it for goodness sakes and see what happens. He'll probably do the dishes. You know, yeah. <laughs> girls are so taught to not pursue the man that you have to be passive in the relationship and let it be his idea then, because men want to chase. And it's like, wait a minute, feels, men want to be chased too. He feels empty, alone, rejected, unwanted, disappointment. Uh, the, he feels that she's ungrateful, selfish, self-absorbed. This is how a man feels. I'm talking about thousands of men I talk to. Okay. Yeah. So if you want your man to feel that way, don't get excited when he comes home, kiss the dog, forget the husband. Mm. That, I can guarantee you, you'll have some failure in your life, but even more, there's not a place where we can teach um, not just the, the, the sensuality, but the, the ability to communicate during sex, how, what that should look like. Okay. But we never really even go near eroticism how to yeah. play how to create uh, what does that look like when you say you know when you when you text your husband and say i've got something new for you tonight and he can't think about anything but you <laughs> right but, but that's what you want that, to do but that's don't, the don't art teach women mm -hmm. the art of uh sensual uh and, and being connected during sexuality how to talk i have to teach women what to say during sex i got a whole book on that yeah because they they, say, they 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 passively say nothing and so if you right. are a silent lover i can tell you you're a bad lover because he has I to agree. think of something else or some he has to what's he going to do with his brain right. okay <laughs> so you, it's like okay if he lusts while we're having sex i'm really mad at him okay but are you giving him anything to think about during sex exactly talk about saying, your fantasies talk about Things well, just talk about him. Past. Hey, they, that feels yeah. good. You're awesome. Oh my God, you are wonderful. Yeah, do, keep, I am so glad I married you. Can you do that again? I'm not even tired tonight, honey. I mean, what guy wouldn't want that kind of thing? I could make love to you for six hours. That's yeah. right. Are you in shape? Make sure you do your laps today because I need you. Right? This kind of communication is almost banned in American culture for women to do and feel good about themselves. Oh, I can tell you where it's, it's been banned uh, in people's minds. When I shifted from the Every Woman's Battle series about sexual integrity mm. to the sexually confident wife, oh my gosh, like I was so slut shamed. One woman said, I read your book and I threw it in the trash where it belongs because it sounded as if it had been written by a woman who's had a lot of sex. And I thought, how is that a bad thing? Like, since when is having a lot of sex as a married woman? So you're still counting, thing? honey? You're still counting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's the thing. They don't come from a place of abundance. Like, I am sexual. And here's the thing, especially for those who have religious belief systems, um, your sexuality will pass time and death. You're going to be sexual after you die. 
Okay. Mm. Because there's a thousand year reign where you're going to have sex because there's going to be kids. So why are you acting like your sexuality is some limited quantity that you got to count every sticky you give? Wow. You have unlimited stickies and that last past your death. So play with it as if it's not going to break. Right. I, I hate seeing women hold it. So like holding cards close to their chest as if they're playing poker. It's like, it's okay to tip your hand. It's okay to let him know that you're horny or that you want him or that you just need a great orgasm to relax tonight. So I want to, I want to toss that same question out to Michelle. Michelle, where you're, you're one of the most sexually confident people that I know. That's why I asked <laughs> you to be my co-host. Where did you learn your sexual confidence? Yeah. Whenever y'all were talking about that, I was thinking, okay, how did I learn? I, I think that, um, I just took what, what I know I love and what makes me feel good, what makes me feel wanted, what makes me feel sexy. And, um, then that's lucky for me that my husband, we share the same love language, uh, the, the things mm -hmm. that make us tick and make us excited. We share this, the, the same exact, um, what am I trying to say, Shannon? We share the same, just once. Yeah, you're, and you're, you're gifted the same way. But exactly. You, which That's the exception. Which, well, yeah. the, that we talk about that all the time. It's not, it's very rare to have that. But um, well, well, it didn't start out that way for Michelle all along. It's one of those things that she has had to learn and to work on in this relationship. Um, right. But I think that you know that this is not something that comes natural to us as women no. as a result of the way that we're raised in society. No, I, I think that I've had to be very intentional and pay attention to, um, you, you know, my my spouse and what they love and communicate and make mm -hmm. sure they know what I love. And um, and I do feel freedom to share and talk and mm -hmm. um, and. It, it happens organically, but you, you do have to take those first steps uh, where it may feel a little weird to step outside your box and do something a little different. And I find that I find that it really helps like in the, in the upgrade your sex life, it gives them a forum to talk about their different sexual expressions, what they want sexually, what they want to hear sexually. Yes. And you need to have a little bit of a guideline because I'm really happy for you, Michelle, but I can tell you 99% of the people who I work with, they have different sexual expressions. And yes. so it actually generally is what's the most expensive thing for me? That's what you're going to want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the one thing like, that makes me the most uncomfortable, you're going to expect that. <laughs> right. And so it, so there is this kind of stretching in a lot of people's marriages where they say, okay, I have to grow to meet that. Now I'm talking within normal range. I'm not talking about crazy stuff, but I'm going to have to grow into that so that we can have a mutual sex, uh, sexually satisfying expression. And, and, and also like for the guys, like a lot of women, their, their sexual expression, their language is patience. So yes, she wants her back touch for 15, 20 minutes. And she mm -hmm. may not want you to talk to her very much during the time because she's just enjoying that gentle scratch or that touch because for her, that care arouses her, you know, but for him, he's like us, oh, I don't want that. I mean, just tell me you want me. I'm ready. Right. Like, just Why can't you just go straight word, to my crotch? Man. Yeah. Like, just give me some <laughs> kind of word, man. I'm good. Just say, are you ready? You know, right. just tease him and he's fine. So, so learning the sexual expression of your spouse, because a lot of times it's different, is really important. And it's important to go to speak in their language. So like, suppose you're married to a woman whose, whose sexual expression is patience. You don't say, do you want a quickie? Because right away she's turned off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would say, you know, darling, I made some time for you tonight, yeah. and I and I put your, I, you know, the bath is ready for you. 
why don't you take 15, 20 minutes and get really nice and relaxed and come into the bedroom and I'm going to massage you and I want to take my time with you and I want to make love to you. Well, for that woman, that is freaking erotic. And especially if you say okay. it just like that. Gee, just <laughs> I was like gonna that. Say, there are women who are like, <laughs> come here, hubby, listen is, to Dr. Dog talk is, like yeah. this. Say well, that. I have thousands of women who do that. <laughs> Because yeah, but I'm, it is true. We need to learn the art of foreplay much better. Not just not just women, but men too. Uh, but that's touch. That's word. That's creating. I teach couples. How, what is your um, What is your sexual environment look like? Let's. I'm not talking about sex. How do you express words and desire and all that in your in the environment? Because most marriages, their sexual environment is stale until they decide to have sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's not an environmental context. And then he wonders why she has a hard time getting warmed up or doesn't seem to be present when the expectation is you go from zero to a hundred in seconds flat. And it's that's like, because his expression is different than hers. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he hasn't studied what her expression is. Right. So he doesn't speak her language. It's kind of like the love languages. You yeah. know, hey, I worked really hard today. You should be madly in love with me. Well, she wants a gift. And so you see how they miss each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. what is the book that you would recommend that you've written? Upgrade your sex life. It's Upgrade fantastic. your sex life. Yeah, oh, you, I've got a, got a copy right here. Yeah, Upgrade yeah, your you, sex life, finding your unique sexual expression. Um, so let's talk for a second about, I think, the message that gets really deeply ingrained in women's heads that makes them oftentimes, I'm not going to say a poor lover. I'm going to say an inhibited lover. I like that word. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that inhibition is a huge part of it. I, I'm often encouraging women to have great sex with no guilt, no shame, no inhibition, because I feel as if and stop thinking about things. your body for God's sake, yes. enjoy yes. your body. He doesn't care what the backside looks like. Cause he's not looking at that. Okay. He's looking at your face. So don't be so upset and uptight about, Oh, I got some cellulite. Oh, I gained a few pounds. I wonder if he sees that wrinkle or my gray hair. He's not looking that well, even if he is looking, he usually loves it. He loves he's the fact a that a woman that. is, this is great. He loves it that she feels the freedom to, to be naked in front of her. What were you going to say, Michelle? Well, that is, that's such a huge issue for so many uh, friends that I talk with and, and women when we do talk about our insecurities and why we may hold back. Because when, when they look at those parts, you know, our mind automatically goes to the things we think of when we see, you know, our fat roll or our stretch marks or, we you are know, our we're not sh- worst critics. Absolutely. Yeah, men don't struggle with that. They could be fat, not attractive and bald and go, I'm hot, baby. Like yeah. they just <laughs> they, they don't, don't struggle. There. They don't care about their beer bellies and their receding hairlines. They, now, they I don't think, even know they right, have one. I think that it's interesting how when you go to <laughs> other countries, oftentimes what you're seeing is people on nude beaches or topless uh, women, uh, and that there is a sense of everybody's comfortable in their own skin. It doesn't matter what you look like, but in America, you don't see that, you know, we're, we're, we're covered up. And so there is a lot more mm-hmm. inhibition about that. Uh, but I have to say really fast, we were watching an episode of grand tour. I don't know if y'all know about this show, but we're hooked. Uh, and Richard Hammond is one of the hosts of it. He was repairing his car in Namibia when all of a sudden these women walk up and they're totally topless and they're all doing this dance and they're gyrating around and their boobs are flopping everywhere. And it's, it's on television. They didn't bleep it out or anything, but he feels as if he cannot look because, you know, respectful men shouldn't be looking at other women type of thing. But my thought when I saw that is 
how great that they are so uninhibited that they would even do this so naturally in front of the cameras. And so I just leapt up out of bed where Charlie and I were watching it. And I just started doing <laughs> a little naked you know, tribeswoman dance. And he's like, yeah, baby. Yeah. It's like, why can't we be that uninhibited as a society? Yeah. But most women, Shannon, and I, and I need to let's be gracious here. They're not even connected to their sexuality. I have an exercise in the intimacy and anorexia book. I talk about where you actually connect to your sexuality. I say, okay, now close your eyes and connect your sexuality. You know, it can take women three to 20 minutes to find their sexuality. I have had I mean, similar experiences. And then I have, I have women do that thing at the bathroom and go and do that thing until they can actually connect to it. And it's, it, it can, it's life-changing once they connect to it, but most have never just done it so mm -hmm. shannon wants you to do that because she thinks that's when women come to my workshops i actually have them do a, an exercise where they close their eyes and i have to guide them through a visionary yes. exercise yeah. to actually feel the energy flowing through their body because i have to tell them it's not a sin for you to get horny you can be horny mm -hmm. and holy at the same time mm -hmm. there's nothing sinful about it you need that sexual energy flowing but i think that the cultural message, at least for my generation, was that you're either one type of Madonna or another type of Madonna. Mm. You're either pure as the driven snow, like Virgin Mary, that type of Madonna, or you're a total whore, mm -hmm. like they perceived Madonna the pop star to be, whom I've grown mm. to have a lot of respect for as a result of just how amazing her journey has been. But there seems to be no in-between. Where is the in-between? I'm totally pure, frigid, you know, you know, immaculate conception type of a concept versus uh, like a virgin touch for the very first time and, mm -hmm. and just, you know, really graphic displays of sexuality. Where is the happy medium? I think your book skin? actually is probably in the middle there because it brings those things together. And I think your book talks a lot about that. And I think it's a good book for women to buy. So I'm going to pitch it. Just go buy it because uh, because we talked about the cultural disassociated sex. It's disassociated to be so good you can't connect your sexuality. And it's disassociated to be so connected that it has no value and you throw it away and it has no relational intimacy value. And the, the bridge is like what you're talking about where a married woman can bring her spirit, emotions, her sexuality, and actually allow herself to be sensual, uh, fun, playful, erotic, creative, and bring that gift set to her husband on a regular basis so they both can enjoy that. And then if he is a mature person who uh, can enjoy that, receive that, and without shaming it and celebrate that, they're going to have an explosive relationship. Absolutely. So help me coin a new term, Doug. I'm just going to go totally off the cuff here. So on one extreme, you have the fact that women have been slut shamed in society, that if a woman is a sexually confident woman, she's accused of being a slut. Uh, and then you have the other extreme where, I mean, I've had clients who've told me that she cried on her wedding night and was not able mm -hmm. to consummate their marriage until months into mm -hmm. it because the idea of not being a virgin anymore was just such an affront to her own personal identity. Mm -hmm. What would we call that? Uh, and, and what can we Shannon? call the middle ground? Shannon? So we'll write this book. The sensual spouse. <laughs> Don't tease me, Doug. Don't tease me about writing a book together. <laughs> I love Doug's voice when he gets really serious. The sensual spouse. Welcome to the sensual spouse. I'm going to love you, baby. And so hey, can we, we just say... That's the kind of stuff guys should be able to do and women should be able to do. <laughs> on the, uh, on the, like, where they're cooking and just look at each other and go, you know what? You are so hot. After this meal... 
you are so mine. Right. Well, it's almost like th- that opposite extreme is that, you know, she's been told she needs to be good, a good girl. She doesn't need to act out or, or make people think that she's, you know, any kind of a whore or anything, but that healthy middle ground where, you know what, it's okay to be immodest in the bedroom. It's okay to talk sexy in the bedroom. It's okay to let your sexual energies flow through your body and to get horny and to arouse him in the bedroom. That's what's supposed wait, wait, to be Shannon, happening let's in the bedroom. Let's, let's get out of the bedroom, Shannon. It's okay to be that way everywhere, all the time, anytime, That's unexpectedly. True. Let's get out of the bedroom. True. Let's get out of the church. Let's get in the car and say, hey, I know we're going to be back in a half hour, but why, why I have you in the car? Let me tell you some of the things I love about you. Yeah, Out of the bedroom yeah. leads to the bedroom. Yeah. That's the sexual environment. If, you're, if your sexual environment is only in those four posts, you don't have a sexual environment. Mm-hmm. You're not an environment of a text that says, can't wait to kiss you all over, baby. You know, that's the kind of stuff that drives a spouse, makes you special in their life because you're the only person who can legally do that to them. Mm-hmm. Anyone I, else is right being trashy. But if, but if your wife is, is kind of messing with you, then you are the happiest man on the planet. It is, it is such an exclusive language because yeah, nobody talks to you that way and you don't talk to anybody else that way in an ideal world. Uh, I have to tell you something funny I saw on Facebook where a woman had made an attempt at baking heart-shaped cookies for her husband, but the way that they baked, they turned out to look more like upside down ball sacks. So I just, <laughs> I, I forwarded it to Charlie and I just said, you know what, baby, I can't wait for you to bring your heart and your ball sack home. <laughs> we're going to heat some things up tonight. <laughs> it's just, look Welcome for any, to loving, baby. <laughs> look for any opportunity and daily, daily flirt with your spouse daily. Um, oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. I, I really hope that, Three or four decades from now, Doug, when you and I are in our 80s and 90s, <laughs> I hope that we will see the change that we that we see in our counseling rooms and oh, our yeah, coaching yeah. offices. I hope that we see that kind of change in our society. You know, I, I think we're, we're I think that is going to be one of the next waves. We're doing a, a national conference called Integrity Journey on the sexual integrity, but I do think there's going to be a place once once uh, we get a little further down the road where people are going to hunger for a sensuality, sexuality, uh, engaging sexuality with their spouse, and they're going to move the bar away from just having sex to being sexual. I'm so excited about that. I am excited about that too. I'm excited to be part of that leader's journey. Is that something that you are opening to other leaders or is it a closed invitation only event? Uh, well, if, if they're in the field of, of sexual integrity or sexual health or sexual track, if they're a leader in the area of sexuality, they're invited to come to that. They just have to kind of send us an email so we can check them out. Right. Uh, but uh, that's the uh, integrity journey and that's dot org. But the, um, but this is a movement. And I think as the church gets sexually healthy, and as a culture gets sexually healthy, we're going to have a place where we don't have to be a Madonna, but being a sensual spouse is going to be the expectation in a marriage that I am committing to be your lover. I'm not committing to be your husband and wife only, but to be your lover. And that lover doesn't have a room. Yes. I'm not a lover when the lights are off 
and and you know that kind of, i am a lover 24 7 you can touch me i'm for real i'm gonna say i love you you're hot you're gorgeous i want you i desire you if you just look at me i'm gonna tell you baby what you want to hear like i am that person for you i, I am, am the well that you can draw from leader i'm your sensual cheerleader mm -hmm. you don't need another voice and then what happens is if they don't have that voice then they get hungry for a voice mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love it Doug, thank you so much. I, I literally you, feel as if we could do episode after episode so. after episode with you. Oh, and we should. Just set it up. We'll get done. I, I, you know what? You just need to be one of the regular Shannon Etheridge and Friends guests. Um, so again, how can people find you and get in touch with you if they are interested in learning more about heart-to-heart -heart counseling services? Uh, they can go to uh, Dr. Doug Weiss, D-R-D-O-U-G-W-E-I-S-S.com, or they can call 719-278-3708. And there's tons of books. There's tons of help. doesn't matter where you are. The next step in your journey, you can get there. Awesome. Well, I know that you have really given us a lot to digest on sexual confidence on tap. So thank you for, for joining us with this mission. I, I, I feel such a kindred spirit connection with you after all these years of knowing you. And so it's been a delight to connect more intimately. All right. You have a great day. Thank you so right. much. God bless. Well, there you have another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. And as always, we love you for listening. And we thank you for tapping on us. <laughs> why, why don't you send us your nude photos <laughs> in, maybe the, the, in the desert? <laughs> <laughs> maybe the world isn't ready for that. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs>